about both Jessica and Ashley Simpson together. Jessica Simpson. I belong to me. Simpson and Nick Lachey. All you newlywed couples out there, can you imagine allowing a camera crew to follow you around day and night? Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? Hey, what's up? I'm Ashley Simpson. Please welcome Ashley Simpson. What up, Ashley Simpson, right here on the VIP. With Ashley Simpson, I'm so excited. She said, I want to be a role model to girls. Now it's time to take a peek into the lives of the Simpson sisters, Jessica and Ashley. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host Leah Russo and this is episode 28. This is the episode we have all been waiting for. This is by far the most highly requested episode, although it never really had to be requested because of course I was always going to do a dedicated retrospective to Miss Jessica Simpson's landmark album In This Skin. It's just going to be me and you today, guys. I am so excited to talk about this album because it means so much to all of you. It means so much to me. It means so much to Jessica. And this is the era in which most of us really fell in love with her. If you were a fan before 2003, like I was, I still think that this era just brought in a whole new level of Jessica love and standing and appreciation because we got to know her in this kind of perfect two-punch format. We got newlyweds, so we got to see her on the couch being herself, nothing but a t-shirt on, (laughs) you know, making ditzy comments, getting in fights with Nick, just being her silly, lovable, real self. And being uninhibited. And then we also got to see that with her music for pretty much the first time. So it was this amazing way to get to know Jessica and see these sides of her that we saw glimpses of before. But we really didn't get to know her on the level that we did during this era. And I think that's why it's so special to all of us. Because it's just Jessica. It's Jessica. It's it's unfiltered no bs jessica and of course there's still some showbiz weirdness as there always is and we'll get into all of it i'm so excited let's do it within the skin i've kind of reached down deep inside and pulled out lyrics and music and melodies and stuff to share with my fans i've been writing since i was really young it hasn't really been in song form but i've been keeping a journal for a really long time which when you read back on my journal entries there's a lot of poetry so nick is actually the one who inspired me to make it into music because i was always really shy about sharing it i've always taken on a different role in life, not really a deep role, more of a, you know, the blonde role, the ditzy role, you know. So to show somebody 
what I'm really saying, you know, inside and not the front that I'm just putting on is, is kind of, it's kind of awkward. Through the music you see my deeper side and through the newlyweds you see more of my fun side. Writing has been awesome and it's been a great tool to kind of dig in and to reach into who I am. In the Skin was released on August 19th, 2003. It had a reissue on March 10th, 2004, and went on to sell 3 million copies in the United States and 5 million copies worldwide. It peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 albums charts and was certified triple platinum by the RIAA. There were four singles that were released off of In The Skin, and I am going to get into them a little bit later. And then there's going to be a part two of the episode where myself and two very special guests will go track by track through the album and discuss every single song as well as the reality tour. And one of my guests actually was present at the reality tour, saw one of the shows, so jealous but to get ready for that episode if you want to watch the reality tour it is a dvd or you can you know rent it digitally check it out because i haven't watched it in years i'm actually so 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 excited to get into that with you guys as well but in this first episode here this part one is just going to be me and you guys chatting about what is one of our favorite albums so first i want to start with the background of this album now to get the complete story, you really should go back and listen to my reviews of Sweet Kisses and Irresistible. That is really going to give you a clearer picture, but just to sum up what happened before 2002 in Jessica's career. Her first album was released in 1999, and it did very well, but it didn't do as well as some of her contemporaries. Of course, we all know she was compared so heavily to Britney and Christina, and it really affected her entire life and her career, her self-esteem, and that album was really a blend of true Jessica and also manufactured Jessica. So she was at odds with her label Columbia, which is under the Sony umbrella, and she was dealing with a lot of conflict with record executive and noted abuser Tommy Mottola, who first told her to lose 15 pounds before Sweet Kisses came out, and then after Sweet Kisses came out, leading into Irresistible, he wanted her to lose even more weight. And so Jessica's life was kind of this strange storm of amazingness and then some really, really, really tough struggles. Like, for instance, she has this great album out. I actually think it's one of the best of the teen pop era, Sweet Kisses. I really do because, yes, there are some songs on there that probably you know, aren't that great, but there is a lot of Jessica's actual personality on there, and I do think that the singles are just pristine. I think I Want to Love You Forever, Where You Are, and I Think I'm In Love With You, those are three smash singles, and very, 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 very good songs too. And when I say smash singles, I know that they didn't fly to the top of the charts or anything, but I really think those three songs are just dynamite, and she didn't have that on Irresistible. You know what I mean? I love Irresistible and a little bit the songs, but they did not leave an impression on most people. You know what I mean? Irresistible is probably to this day one of her most known songs, but I think that what underplayed and undercut the entire thing is that that wasn't her. That wasn't who she was. 
Tommy was disappointed with the sales of Sweet Kisses, even though it sold 4 million copies. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's amazing. But he wanted another Britney, and Britney at that time was in the stratosphere. I think he also kind of wanted the next Mariah. I think he wanted to blend Britney and Mariah and come out with Jessica. But the problem is, is that like, Jessica's neither of those people. You know what I mean? Just like Christina wasn't Britney. And it's just... Britney is Britney and that's it, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying that in a way to say like she's the best ever and nobody can compete with her. It's not even that. It's that she's Britney and so that's that. Nobody else can be her, just like nobody can be Jessica, just like nobody else can be Christina. They're individual unique artists and it was just an incredibly ridiculous idea that the, everybody had to be the same and everybody had to be a size zero and everybody had to have six-pack abs and all of that bullshit it just really took away from the unique artists that all these people were and now it's so funny because over the years of course we've gotten to see who these women really were and are and the music they really wanted to put out and it's silly you know you should have just let them do <laughs> do what they want from the beginning because when they do show their true colors like when Christina did Stripped hello I mean does anyone on the planet think that Christina's first album is better than Stripped like it's impossible it's you know what I mean when you force people to do things based on the success of others instead of focusing on their unique individuality and what makes them who they are and what makes them original you're never going to be as successful as the person you're trying to copy. It's just not going to happen. It can't. Because Britney was authentic. I mean, yes, yeah, she was manufactured in a lot of ways too. But a lot of her most iconic moments and best songs, best videos, outfits, her idea. So guess what? Tommy, you should have just let Jessica have her own ideas and maybe she would have given you some of those iconic moments. But alas, that's not what happened. And so Irresistible ended up really not doing anywhere near as well as Sweet Kisses. It didn't have that standout quality that you needed to have as a pop star in 2001. After the two singles came out, Sony just kind of gave up on the album. Jessica felt like there was a third single there, but they wouldn't release it. They wouldn't put up any more money. Tommy had thrown a ton of money into Irresistible, just trying to make Jessica that Britney clone and it didn't work I think his head was really big from what he had done with Mariah's career I mean Mariah is is one of those like Britney's like Mariah is like a stratosphere artist and I think that anything less than what Mariah and Britney did was never going to be enough for him and I think he was just going to keep torturing Jessica but the great news is that in January of either 2002 or 2003, I want to say it's 2002, Tommy Mottola actually left Sony. Thank God. There was no other executive that kind of took over and forced Jessica to do anything anymore. Of course, there still was input from the label and she still did have to do and say some things that she wasn't crazy about. But overall, she had so much more creative control leading into this album. She told Billboard magazine that the whole thing that happened with Irresistible not living up to the expectations of the label, she said it was a painful ordeal. I came to the realization that I needed to show the world who I am, to be a true artist, and this album really represents who I am. So she started recording in early to mid-2002. On Jessica's website, there was a message board where moderators would post 
messages from Jessica sometimes that she would write herself and then other times that they would just like relay some information that Jessica or Joe would give them. In April of 2002 one of the moderators posted that Jessica had already written more than 40 songs for In This Skin and then a couple months later she had already named the album In The Skin. So the song In The Skin was actually one of the first songs that was completed and she wanted that to be the title of the album. So that was already the title of the album in like June of 2002. And of course we know the album wasn't released until August of 2003. I'm not sure if this is 100% true, but I have heard rumors that the label wanted to call the album Sweetest Sin. And I'm so happy that they didn't because even though I do really love the song Sweetest Sin and I'm going to get into that, it's not the right title for the album. Like she just didn't need any more of that like I'm sexual, everybody pay attention to me, I'm sexual, like that kind of thing that they wanted her to do. Just It just wasn't necessary and the title In This Skin, it is just such a perfect title and not just because of the song, but because it's it's all there. It's all saying in those three words, In This Skin, like this is who I am. Of course, we all love Casey Cobb. She talked about how Jessica really felt like this was a make or break album and then Jessica actually backed this up in her book. She said that Teresa LaBarbera Whites came back onto the scene. Now if you remember she was a big part of the Sweet Kisses album. She actually discovered Jessica. She flew to Texas and met with Jessica on her 17th birthday and she was the one who really Jessica already had a meeting with Columbia but Teresa is really the one who like took her straight to the top where she got to audition for Tommy Mottola and so Teresa really helped find her sound and was a great mentor and guiding light for Jessica throughout the Sweet Kisses era and then during the Irresistible era Teresa actually got pushed out so she didn't have much if any input at all on Jessica's album Irresistible and that was one of the main reasons why I think that Jessica really like didn't connect with all of those things that she was being told to do because she didn't have somebody like Teresa who was a music industry veteran and knew what the hell she was doing and knew how to talk to these record label guys I mean listen I think Joe Simpson's amazing and I think he did some brilliant things for both Jessica and Ashley but did he know how to be in a room with Tommy Mottola and put his foot down I don't necessarily know that he always did and it makes sense that he wouldn't be able to do that because I mean think about who Tommy Mottola is and who Joe Simpson was at that time. He had been managing Jessica for such a small amount of time and before that he was a preacher. He was a minister. He you know ran youth groups. That's not the same thing as like playing hardball in the music industry. They really were out of their depth in certain ways and that's one of the reasons why I admire the Simpson family so much is because they were not afraid to just jump into these situations with these bigwigs and say look we have some really talented daughters and you need to pay attention to them Joe definitely was good at that but I don't know that he could necessarily fight for Jessica in all the ways that she needed him to and that's perfectly understandable I'm not shading him so Teresa told Jessica basically that this was her last chance at Sony and it makes perfect sense because if they had put a ton of money into her second record and it failed the way that it did The music industry is so fickle. I mean, it's kind of like one strike and you're out. I'm almost surprised that she got to make a third album. I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm very happy about that. But she actually got lucky even getting to do that. And I think that 
the time in between the original release of In the Skin and the reissue was probably a really strange time for Jessica because as we'll get into, In the Skin didn't do that well when it originally came out in August of 2003. It didn't sell those millions upon millions of copies until the reissue in March. So in between there, I think Jessica probably felt really conflicted because Newlyweds is exploding. She's becoming this massive star, but not for her voice, not because she's a musician. And this is somebody who believes with all her heart and soul that God gave her this gift and put her on this earth to share her voice and her music with the world. You know what I mean? Like, this is not somebody who's like, oh, I like to sing. It's fun. This is not even someone who's like, oh, singing is my passion and it's the only job for me. This is someone who's saying, I am a missionary. God chose me for stardom, success, because I am meant to help people and reach people with my voice. Of course she didn't want to put on a tiny tank top and shimmy around in the freaking irresistible video. Of course she doesn't want to caress her body and make, you know, moaning sounds. Like, come on, you know, like how disrespectful to boil this amazing, talented young woman down to just watch this Britney video and do what she does. You know what I mean? Like, it really still pisses me off. So it doesn't surprise me at all that Jessica had already written 40 songs by the end of April 2002 because it's like she really had to prove herself on this one. She really had to deliver a good album or they were going to drop her. And also, it's not just about the label dropping her. It's about the public, too. Like, the public forgets about people so quickly. I mean, I was a Jessica fan. I mean, I was also a kid, but... I was a Jessica fan before Newlyweds and I remember like not hearing anything about her for the longest time and then when I saw the preview um, of Newlyweds I was like oh yeah that's right her and Nick got married oh my god you know what I mean like she wasn't in the public consciousness because she hadn't had a really big hit in a long time and so it was really really important that she put pen to paper and be honest and truthful and not just take whatever songs producers had left over from Britney's album. So Teresa said that Jessica locked herself in a room for three days and they cycled in multiple writers to help Jessica craft songs using her personal experiences. So she sat with these writers, these professionals, and she bared her soul and she told them about the experiences that she was going throughout the time. And we hear a lot of them on the album. I mean, obviously the overwhelming theme of the album is love. The overwhelming theme of the album is her and Nick's relationship. But of course, it also deals with body image. It deals with Jessica's relationship with God. It deals with her relationship with her father and her plans for the future, her dreams, what she believes that she can do in her life. And then also she shared some of her now famous journals with them. And so some of the lyrics from this album are directly from her journals. Now, Jessica wrote 10 of the 14 songs on the album. Now, remember, two of those songs are covers. So the only ones that she didn't write are Sweetest Sin and I Have Loved You. So there's also a few bonus tracks on the album. Actually, let me just go through the track listing right now. Why not? 
So this is the full track listing of the reissue. We have Angels, With You, Take My Breath Away, My Way Home, Sweetest Sin, I Have Loved You, Forbidden Fruit, Every Day See You, Underneath, You Don't Have to Let Go, Loving You, In the Skin, B, and then With You, the acoustic version. And then we have the bonus tracks, which we're also going to be talking about on the part two. We have Fly, My Love, and Fearless. Those were on the Japanese edition of In This Skin. So on this reissue, the only ones she didn't write are, of course, Angels and Take My Breath Away because those are the covers and Sweetest Sin and I Have Loved You. Some of the writers that Jessica sat down with include Andy Marvel, Nick Lachey, Damian Elliott, Romeo Antonio, Billy Mann, Greg Fitzgerald, Thomas Nichols, Andrew Williams, Franny Gold, Kashia Livingston, Trina Harmon, Matthew Gerard, Jason Deere, Craig Young, Rob Fusari. I mean, the list goes on. She really had a great opportunity to collaborate with people who were going to let her personality and her soul and her thoughts shine rather than overtaking the whole thing and saying, I have this idea for your album. So there's some very interesting information that I learned about the making of this album. Now, this is on the Wikipedia page of In the Skin, and I really need you guys, Stan's Please come to my rescue. Is this true? Because I am fascinated if so. It says, Originally, the album was planned to be primarily produced by American rapper Missy Elliott, while the sole featured appearance was to be made by Nick Lachey. However, the pair's contributions never made the final cut of the album. Girl. This does not say that she did maybe one song with Missy Elliott. This says that... The entire album was planned to be primarily produced by Missy Elliott? I mean, that is not a combination of people that I would put together is Missy Elliott and Jessica Simpson. And never in a million billion years would I pair Nick Lachey with Missy Elliott, but let's not even go there. I don't know if that was the label or was that Jessica? I mean, Missy Elliott and Jessica just, their sounds are so different and... I don't know. I don't want to be a hater, but I don't feel like that was the right thing for her. I would love to hear it because I think Missy Elliott is a genius. I mean, what was she thinking about for Jessica? Like, what did Missy want Jessica to do? What did she want her style to be? Like, was this almost a hip-hop album? I really need to know the details because the citation on Wikipedia did not actually say anything about it. So I'm really confused And I just, I want to know everything. I want a book on this alone. I want to know what the hell it was that. So if anybody knows any details about Missy Elliott producing In This Skin, please let me know because it doesn't say that she backed out or they decided not to do it. It says the pair's contribution never made the final cut of the album. So does that mean that there are songs floating out there in the ether that are Missy Elliott Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey collabs like a full album worth of songs of Jessica Simpson songs produced by Missy Elliott my head is going to explode I I can't handle it (laughs) so I'm gonna read a little bit from Jessica's book open book on the making of In This Skin now I really wish there was more information in here about it I want to hear about the process of writing each individual song so if anybody has any sources of Jessica talking about 
the non-singles from this album specifically, please let me know because I searched high and low. So I'm now going to read a little bit from Jessica's book. She wrote about the making of In the Skin. Not enough, by the way. Jessica, if you're listening, I really want more information on how you wrote all of these songs because... I think all the sing- all the songs on In This Skin that are not singles are so underrated to me and I would just love to hear Jessica's thoughts about what the writing process was like on those. But basically, she says that, you know, one of the last things that Tommy Mottola said to her while he was still in charge at Sony was that she was going to destroy her career from Newlyweds. And I'm like, sir, I think what destroyed her career was you forcing her to get a tan within an inch of her life and bleach her hair and starve herself and sing like Britney, act like Britney, move like Britney. That's what almost tanked her career. When she just decided to be herself, that's when she excelled. That's all she ever had to do is be herself. And I hope he feels like such a moron. Jessica said that, you know, because irresistible did so poorly she really didn't put much stock into the things that Tommy Mottola was saying anymore because you know it was kind of like in the Wizard of Oz when they see behind the curtain spoiler alert and he's really just a regular guy with all of these machines and sound effects and things like that he's not a wizard at all it's kind of like that it's like you're not this great amazing musical genius maybe you just got lucky those other times so Jessica says Teresa came back into the picture and told me this was probably the last chance we had with Sony we made a plan to get back to the natural person that I was the one that people could relate to Teresa put me in songwriting camps before writing camps were a thing that even existed in the music industry she and Casey would get a studio with a bunch of empty office rooms and set them up with tables for writers to meet with me. She paired writers who had never worked together, maybe a country writer and a pop writer, and then put me right in the middle. Some of them thought it was odd to have me there. Teresa recently told me that one guy thought she was crazy. Does she even write? He asked her. I think she can write, she said. She journals. I wanted to write my own songs, having realized that since the record company folks had no clue how to position me, I should cut out the middlemen and do what felt right to me. I met with Billy Mann, and together we wrote a song called With You, which came from my heart. I wrote it about Nick and how he loved me and made me feel beautiful as I was, with nothing but a t-shirt on. On my own, I started writing lyrics in my journal, including a line about Tommy that would be in the song In the Skin. I know that my talent is real, so don't tell me, don't tell me, I have to be 102. I don't have nothing to prove. I was tired of trying to look perfect for the church elders and for Columbia, and I brought that into the television show. So then she goes on to talk more about newlyweds. So isn't that unbelievable that the songwriters, they were like, why is Jessica even in the room right now? We'll just write songs for her. Why is this necessary? It just goes to show how young women were treated in the music industry. Like, you don't need to be here, little girl. Just go smile and wave for the cameras and we'll call you when the song is done. It's like, mm, no. Sorry, we need Jessica's actual input. And I'm so happy that she had somebody like Teresa who knew the business in there to stand up for her and say, yeah, she journals. I think that she could handle writing some songs. 
So during the writing and recording of this album, Jessica was planning a wedding. In February of 2002, Jessica flew to Hawaii for a special performance. And who came along with her? None other than Nick Lachey. And no, he wasn't just tagging along, folks. He had some big plans. Plans that would change many, many lives. <laughs> he asked Jessica to marry him. And of course, we all know she accepted. They ended up getting married in November of that year. But during that year, Jessica was really planning her wedding and recording her album and writing. That was her main focus. And when she was doing interviews here and there, she started to be very vocal about what had happened with Columbia and Tommy Mottola and Sony and how they had treated her and how they had forced her to do certain things. And I really admire that she was speaking up like this because this was even like a few months before Christina came out with Stripped. So all these young pop artists, they weren't really talking that much about the things that happened to them. I mean, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys had alluded to some things that had happened with Lou Pearlman, but everything back then was so, like, people had to be so classy about anything that was any kind of behind-the-scenes drama. Like, even if somebody hurt you or did something bad to you, it was like, you know, I remember hearing, oh, yeah, he stole some money from us, blah, blah, blah. But we had no idea the true darkness of the situation. And thank God Jessica's situation with Tommy was not as bad as the Lou Pearlman stuff. It still was really traumatizing for her. And I love that she wasn't afraid to speak up. So in June 2002, she talked to Launch.com and she said, my new record that I'm working on right now, it's going to be called In This Skin and it's just about my life and actually I get to write it, which is the first time I've been able to write my own music and it's going to be very inspirational. As for the dance pop bass routines that Simpson did, despite the fact that she never enjoyed it, she said, no more choreographed dancing for me. I'm over it. I don't want to do it anymore. Now, I have a dance background. I actually used to be a competitive dancer, so I cannot imagine going through what it takes to do these grueling choreographed dance routines and not wanting to. Because trust me, performing has been my passion since I was a child, and I was absolutely thrilled to be selected to be on the competition team, and I was so passionate about it. I loved it. I loved it. And it was still so hard and so tough on your body. And on top of it, Jessica was starving herself. Like, are you kidding me? She didn't even have fuel to get through these hours upon hours upon hours of choreography and workouts and all of that stuff. I mean, she really, really, truly pushed herself. It was hard for me like loving what I did and not having the pressure of a record label or fame or anything like that you know this was just a small like whatever and it was still hard I cannot imagine if I didn't want to do it like if I wasn't interested in it and I was there all day you know what I mean I totally get that Jessica was like okay let me do this because then I'll be able to have my voice and my music reach more people and I love her for that conviction I think that her faith is really what got her through all of these really tough times and being told you have to get even skinnier you have to show even more skin you have to be more like Britney you have to be more like Christina I think that she truly believed that it was all going to work out and that it was all happening for a reason and that God had a plan for her and you know what 
no matter what you believe, even if you don't, if you're an atheist or, you know, if you're the most devout Catholic in the world, you can't argue that Jessica was right. You know, Jessica really was right about her being put on this earth to touch people through her voice and through her music. And now she's reached so many other people with all of the other ventures that she's done from being an author to being the CEO of a billion dollar business, everything that she's done, movies even, like she's just reached so many different people through so many different avenues. And I do think that she was meant for something special. I mean, obviously here I am talking about her. (laughs) In July of 2002, Jessica did an interview with the LA radio station Kiss FM. And she said that she was told to assert during the Irresistible Era that this was Jessica. This is the real Jessica. Like, Irresistible is Jessica Simpson. And that Sony made her make the album a certain way and that they made her pose for Maxim, which was not her idea. She didn't want to do that. And she said, the last record, I mean, it wasn't me. Like, even Irresistible, meaning the song, It was a great song and it was a great song for me, but you know, I don't think most of that record, if the label wasn't telling me that I needed to do it, I wouldn't have done it. And so that's pretty bold for her to be saying that because she's still on the label. Like even if Tommy left, she's still on that label and here she is just saying like, yeah, they forced me to do that. I didn't want to do that. That's not the best PR for them. So I really respect her boldness. Right before the wedding, Nick did an interview with MTV News and we all know I'm not the biggest fan of Nick, but I love these quotes about her music. Now, if you've listened to my past episodes, you know that I love the newlyweds moments where Nick and Jessica work together. And I truly think that that's where they shine as a couple when they can collaborate on their love of music and creating rather than just the rest of life, I guess. I know that sounds a little harsh, but I really think that that's where they shined. And so Nick said, that he was writing songs with Jessica, which is interesting because none of the songs that he wrote ended up on her record. Whereas some, I think there were two songs that he wrote on Irresistible. So I don't know, I found that kind of odd that none of them made the record, but that could also have been Joe wanting to separate Jessica from Nick in the musical field, as we've also talked about in the past, making sure that she had a name for herself outside of Newlyweds. So Nick said, she's doing something that's really neat. She's finally writing her own music, which I told her she could do forever, but she's been shy about stepping out there and doing it. She's an incredible writer, and she's doing stuff that's really from the heart. It's a much more organic record, and it's more true to herself. There's all live instrumentation, and it's very musical as opposed to the pop thing that was happening before for her. I really think she finally feels like this is her record and her chance to do exactly what she wants. What lovely statements. I mean, that really sums up the whole thing. I probably could have just (laughs) read that quote and not gone on for the past however long I've gone on, but... You know how I like to get into the details, but Nick really just summed it up right there. I mean, I love his support for her in this, and I love the way that he speaks about her as a writer. You know, he's not pigeonholing her into this box that she doesn't belong in. It seems like he sees the real Jessica, which is exactly what all of these songs reflect, right? Because she's singing about how, you know, I've never felt so beautiful as I do now that I'm with you. So Jessica also talked about shifting her career around this time and 
She said, I don't want it to be all about my sexuality. I mean, I know I can do a hot cover, but I want the longevity. Your body's only going to be hot for a couple years, you know, like 10, 15 years, and then you have nothing. I want to still be singing, and it doesn't matter what my body looks like. I want to be the Aretha Franklin who still sings today. Now, I love what she's saying here, especially it's so funny that she's saying, you know, you're only hot for 10 to 15 years. She said this over 15 years ago, and guess what, Jessica, girl? You are still smoking hot. I mean, you give a lot of 20-year-olds a run for their money. That's all I have to say. But, of course, what she's saying makes total sense. A lot of artists have gone through this because, I mean, in the music industry in general, but especially during this time, it was all about how much money can we make how fast right now. Strike while the iron is hot. This is something that's popular. Let's do it to death. Let's beat a dead horse as long as we can with the same thing over and over again to milk every cent out of it and then we'll move on to the next thing. Whereas the smarter plan, the more lucrative in the long run plan is to develop artists over time and to build and build and build upon a sound and an image and to give people a background and to really explore who an artist is and allow them to connect with audiences at their own pace and not just bam 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 we need to have number one after number one after number one tour album tour album tour album I mean this goes all the way back to the Beatles the Beatles quit touring they left tons I mean they left probably billions of dollars on the table that they could have made had they kept touring but they stopped because they couldn't handle it you know their label their management everybody was just kind of like pushing them out on stage make more money do more appearances and you know there's that great line from their movie a hard day's night where uh you know John's grandfather has been following them around and he's like you know all I've done all I've seen today is one room and then a car and then another room and another room it's like People think that these rock stars have these amazing lives and oh my god who wouldn't want to be that person and it's like they work like dogs <laughs> you know what I mean like they work endlessly around the clock and it really doesn't amount to a lot in the end if that's what you're focusing on if you're just focusing on how much money can we make right now how fast let's milk this for all it's worth that's not much of a life. And I don't think that's what Jessica wanted. And I don't think that it's really what anyone wants, especially once you get in it and you're living it. I think that it's so easy to desire that kind of lifestyle. But then when you have it, you're like, wait, I want something a little more real. She also said that she wanted to be like Nora Jones. She said that what Nora Jones had done with her album was Jessica's dream. And then she also said her dream was to be like Jewel, to sit on a chair in blue jeans and sing her heart out. So she said that in 2003. And the very next year, she actually would perform with Jewel on her variety show with Nick, the special, and become friends with Jewel, hang out with Jewel. And she also said that she wanted to be like the Julia Roberts of music a wholesome beauty, but also sexual. And I thought that was actually really insightful because that is exactly why Julia Roberts is iconic. That is why we still talk about Julia Roberts today is because she nailed that role in Pretty Woman so well. Like she's playing a hooker and a lot of people are very judgmental towards sex workers. I mean, even now they are, but in 1989, 1990, forget about it. She had to have that charm 
there's the sex in the movie. There is sex in the movie. There is sex appeal in the movie. She is very sexy. She's a sex worker. But she's also just got this adorable, irresistible, no pun intended, charm. And I think that that's actually a really good comparison for Jessica to make because she doesn't want to completely erase the sexuality. You know, yes, she's very religious, but she's not a buttoned up like nun on stage. She does want to be sexy, but she wants to do it her way which is a more charming down home southern girl kind of sexy rather than a overtly sexual I'm dancing with a snake kind of sexy. So in April of 2003 newlyweds started shooting and right away MTV and Joe Simpson they were watching dailies and stuff they were watching cuts of early episodes and they already started to get the sense that this was actually really going to be something big Joe was one of the first people who saw the Chicken of the Sea clip from the first episode and said that he was cracking up laughing and that he knew that this was really, really going to be something and that his kind of like prophecy, I know that's dramatic to say that it was a prophecy, but, you know, he had this idea that people would get to know Jessica's real heart if they saw her in a reality show and that is what would pump up her sales and that is exactly what happened. They were thinking that this was probably going to be a hit and what they did was they decided to release Nick and Jessica's respective albums in the skin and solo on the same day as the release of Newlyweds, the first episode. So it would be like this Nick and Jessica extravaganza, you know, the fans are just going to love it. They're going to buy both albums and watch the show and just be obsessed with the whole thing. Now, Nick and his label... They were kind of more on the Tommy Mottola side of things. Nick didn't really want to do the show as much because I think in general Nick felt kind of controlled by Joe Simpson. I mean, we've talked about before how involved Joe and Tina were and are in Jessica's life and they made a lot of decisions with her and for her. And I think that I've heard rumors that Joe wanted to manage Nick and Nick was staunchly against it because he was just like, there has to be some boundaries here. There has to be something that separates my career from this family. And of course, Joe ended up agreeing because Joe made conscious efforts throughout this era to separate Jessica from Nick as far as music goes. Not that he was trying to separate them in terms of marriage, but, you know, Nick and Jessica had plans to do a whole duet album together, and that didn't happen. They were planning to do a bigger tour around this duet album, and of course that never happened. There were a lot of appearances throughout this era that Jessica could have done with her and Nick together, and they did do a lot of appearances together, but she did a lot more by herself. Joe really made an effort to establish her as her own artist, separate from the grouping of newlyweds and the partnership of that whole brand and I think that's very important that he did that but at first they were going to release everything on the same day so then Nick and his management and his label decided they were going to push back his album solo because they thought that the press from newlyweds was going to be negative at the time reality tv was not as tried and true as it is now I mean this is 2003 so even like survivor and Big Brother, they had only been on for like three, four years at this point. So competition shows like that were really hot and were taken more seriously and nominated for Emmys and stuff. But like, I mean, people just didn't put that much stock into reality TV at the time. They thought it was just like, they thought it was just kind of like low rent television, like trash TV, junk food. 
and that it couldn't really be more than that unless it was something like Survivor that had this depth because it was like these people are stuck out in the middle of nowhere and they have no food and all that kind of stuff like that's human interest kind of subject matter and so is newlyweds but people didn't know that at the time so I understand why Nick decided to push back the album and it actually was a good decision and it probably would have been a great decision had his album actually been good but his album wasn't good so it didn't work out meanwhile if Jessica had pushed her album to November which is when Nick pushed his she would have had massive sales and success because by November of 2003, Jessica was one of the biggest stars in the world. But she kept her release date on August 19th, the same day Newlyweds came out. And as I said before, she really wasn't in the public consciousness at that time yet. She was starting to ramp up the press. But do you guys remember the episode of Newlyweds that we talked about where she does the book signing for her book, I Do? And there's a very, very small turnout she just wasn't doing that much promotion. She just wasn't out there as a star. The last time that she had really been out there as a star was probably like summer of 2001. And this is now summer of 2003. So when you're not in the public consciousness for two years, no one's checking for you. It doesn't matter how talented or beautiful you are. That's just the way that the industry goes. Right before the release of In This Skin, Jessica posted on her website's message board, my prayer in writing this album is that when you have finished listening to it, you feel like you know me. There is a song about my own personal struggle with self-esteem. It is called In This Skin. It's dedicated to you. My hope is that for my own struggle and discovery, you will grow with me. You know, we really are beautiful in the skin God has given us. She also did an interview with E.T., which kind of sums up a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about. The 22-year-old is anxious to unveil her new style and introduce her more mature sound. I'm not doing any of the choreographed dance moves because that was never really me. That was just what was hot then, you know? And, and now it's great because the music industry is really in a place where it's about talent. And it's a breath of fresh air for me because I actually get to show off what I can do. The labor of love took almost almost two years to make. The album's called In This Skin. It's all about being me and, um, you know, just what I go through in life and what I've been through. And there's a lot of songs about love because I'm in love. You really get this sense that she's excited about what she's doing now and she's not just going through the motions because she wants to make sure that she stays in the public eye. She's really passionate about what she's doing. And if nothing else, I'm so glad that that relationship with Nick no matter what ended up happening, inspired her to write, even just from the perspective of I'm in love and I want to write about it, but also the fact that he personally encouraged her to do that. Nick, Nick is actually the one who inspired me to write. The whole thing is about love. And I've been keeping a journal ever since I was really young. I've always had a lot to say. And yeah. I think I've just never really had the confidence to actually, you know, put it out there like that. If there's any reason to love Nick Lachey, it has to be that, right? Jessica told Starshine Magazine, it's more like my first record than my second record. It's just more me. I got to control most of it and write the material for the first time. I think just after listening to it, you definitely get to know me as a person. They asked her which song was the most personal, and she said that she couldn't even choose which was the most personal because they all were, but she said that they're all about the love for her husband, except for one which is about the love for her father. I, I love that song. We will talk about it when we do the track by track review, so I'm not going to get too into it, but 
Oh, what a what a great labor of love that song is. So once again, she talked about how love was inspiration for her. She told Chuck Taylor of Billboard.com that when she's in love, she wants to go to the top of a mountain and scream it out to the world. Me too, girl. Go on. And she's still like that because we all see her posts about Eric that are so detailed and so personal. And she is just such an open book. No pun intended, but she really is. And that's one of the things that we love about her is that she has such an open heart. She said, I was always shy about expressing my own point of view, but now I think I have things figured out as a woman and I want to give fans a piece of my heart and soul. Making this record was a great experience, not to mention wonderful therapy. Now, I mean, it's funny to me to hear a 22-year-old at this time, she was 22, say, I think I have things figured out as a woman now. But you really did get the sense that she had stepped into her power and that she had had a true shift in her life where she wasn't going to be anybody's puppet anymore. And I'm so thankful that Newlyweds happened right around this time because In the Skin would not have been the landmark album that it was without the promotion from newlyweds we all know that and even jessica herself knew it because the show came out on the same day as the album so there wasn't time for the show to promote the album they were both released at the same time so like i said jessica wasn't in the public consciousness as much so in the skin debuted at number 10 on the billboard 200 which isn't that bad but it sold 64,000 copies in its first week of release those opening numbers were the lowest of her career and the album started to decline now she told suchin pak in an interview my show is the only reason right now why i even have sales on my album I don't even have a song on the radio, but it's not a music show, so it wouldn't have helped as much as making the band would have or something like that. Now, I think that is very, very telling, and I think that Ashley is the one who benefited from this, right? Because by the time it was time to shoot the Ashley Simpson show, Joe learned this lesson. He learned that even though it was so phenomenal for Jessica's career, for people to just get to see who she was, the flubs and all of I don't eat buffalo and things like that. Like, yeah, maybe she was being called stupid, but people also loved her for her candidness and how frank she was and how real she was. But we didn't get to see that much of her music on the show or that much of her recording. The small clips that we did get are some of my favorite things in Newlyweds. And so I think Joe learned that lesson where he was like, okay, for Ashley's show, we got to get her cute personality in there. We got to let people fall in love with the real Ashley. And we also need to show her crafting these songs, writing them, recording. We need to show what they're about. You know, we all saw her breakup with Josh and her songs, Unreachable and Undiscovered, Love Me For Me. I mean, these songs are phenomenal songs. And it's not just because they're lyrically and musically great. It's because we got to see how they unfolded. I mean, you guys know, I know you all remember when Autobiography came out, we had only had these little glimpses of her other songs and we were so excited. I remember, I mean, I couldn't have pressed play faster. I bought autobiography of course on the first day that it came out I remember this like it was yesterday even though it was 17 years ago and I could not wait to hear every single song I was dying to hear the whole album and that really came 
from Jessica on Newlyweds and from Joe seeing that you really could sell an artist based on their personality and not just on their music. I mean, can you imagine if we had an Ashley Simpson show style documentation of the making of In the Skin? Ugh, if I get to heaven, that'll be that'll be there, you know? <laughs> that'll be what heaven is for me, just just seeing Jessica in the studio. That's all I want out of my afterlife. So we all know what happened after that. Nick and Jessica became two of the biggest stars in the world, especially Jessica. Her career started soaring to new heights. She was the breakout star of Newlyweds. Everybody fell in love with her. And her album sales did start to steadily increase, but they decided to do the reissue of In This Skin. Jessica recorded two additional songs. They were covers, of course, we know, Take My Breath Away originally recorded by Berlin, and Angels, originally recorded by Robbie Williams. They have a special significance to Jessica, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And so when In the Skin was reissued, the week before, it was number 16 on the charts, and then it jumped to number 2. It sold 159,500 copies that first week, and that was a 205% increase in sales. It was her highest first week sales at the time, beating Irresistible, which debuted at number 6 with 120,000 copies. The album stayed in the top 10 for 8 non-consecutive weeks and stayed in the top 100 for 61 weeks. It stayed in the Billboard 200 for 75 weeks. In December of 2004, In the Skin was certified three times multi-platinum by the RIAA, and the album was ranked at number 14 in Billboard's Year and Albums chart of 2004. Jessica posted on her official website, I cannot thank you enough for all of your support and belief. It looked like we were in trouble for a second. Your prayers worked. I have been so blessed. I thank God every day that I have you guys on my team. Looks like the single will go top 10 next week. Our record sales were higher last week by 20% than in August when we released the record. So that second single that she's talking about is with you. But first, let's get into the first single, Sweetest Sin. This song is a very romantic song. Um, it's definitely about my relationship with Nick. It's actually the one song, the only song that I didn't write that's on my album that's called In the Skin. So this was released on July 14th, 2003. And unfortunately, it was not a hit for Jessica. There are several reasons for this, and I think the main one is very simple. Her fans were kids, okay, including me. I was a little kid. I didn't know what it was like to pine for somebody and want to have sex with them very, very badly and be fascinated by them and be fantasizing about them and making love to them and your skin upon my skin. I couldn't relate to that. Now I can. And trust me, guys, if you ever have a period of time where you have to be apart from your significant other, like if you guys are working in different states or countries or something like that, send this song to your lover and tell them, like, I think about you when I listen to this song because I can't wait to do all of these things that Jessica is describing. It's very, very sexy when you listen to it from that perspective. And when you think about it, God, Jessica and Nick were crazy about each other. They were in love. And they didn't have sex for four years. I really can't imagine that. I really can't imagine waiting four years. Jessica, girl, you have that conviction and that is why we love you. 
as I said before, this is one of the only songs that Jessica did not write. And I think that Jessica, honestly, like, I don't think that she likes this song that much. And the reason why I say that is because she pointed out several times that, like, she wrote with you and that one did so well and she didn't write Sweetest Sin and that didn't do as well. And even in the Rolling Stone article, which Jessica did denounce it, she said that the writer of that article was nice to her face but then wrote a lot of stuff in the article that she didn't like and some stuff that wasn't true. So who knows, maybe this isn't true, but Jessica kind of like sneered at the idea that, you know, Sweetest Sin didn't do that well but With You did that well and it's kind of like, a metaphor for her whole career. It's like when you force me to do something that's not really me, it doesn't do well. When I do the thing that is me, it does do well. So that's definitely a factor in my opinion. I think that the idea with this was very much the label trying to continue and close out this story that had been a part of Jessica's branding, which was a true story that she was staying a virgin until marriage, not because of her religion, but because she finds it very romantic to save that part of yourself for only one person. And I agree, I do think it is really romantic. But the point is that she was very vocal about this during her whole career, and it was something that followed her and something that was represented in her music, like in the song Irresistible. You know, she's trying to be a good girl and not have sex because, of course, Good girls save themselves. Bad girls have sex, right? This insane, antiquated, primitive, ridiculous idea uh, that, you know, good girls save themselves. But, you know, that song was all about wanting to have sex so bad, but you can't. But God, he's so irresistible. And this song is about her fantasizing about losing her virginity to Nick. The song is true to Jessica. Like, I'm sure she did have some of these feelings. I can't even imagine how excited she must have been to sleep with him for the first time. Four years of buildup. Are you kidding me? And not only that, but like, it's your wedding night. I mean, it must have been worth the wait. Like, that was probably one of the most exciting moments of her whole entire life. Not to be dramatic, but seriously, like... When I think about that, I really do enjoy the song. And if you've ever really, really, really desired someone and you weren't able to be with them in that moment, whether it was because you wanted to wait to have sex for whatever reason or because you just physically couldn't be with them at that time, this song does get me a little hot and bothered at times, I have to say. I love Jessica's vocal performance in it as well. And of course, we all remember, it's like my one of my favorite newlyweds moments and episodes is during the platypus episode where Jessica gets really upset because the record label calls her and says that they didn't like the way that she sung her single they said that she sung it in a way that was too challenging that people couldn't sing along and she was like wait so they want me to sing it like I'm not as good of a singer like that doesn't make sense you know and I agree with her like you know no one tells Celine Dion like Celine no one's gonna be able to sing along you know what I mean we want our singers and our divas to belt that shit out I don't need to be able to sing along I mean god I sing along to things all the time that I can't really sing that well but it's fun anyway it's like I don't need to sound like Whitney Houston every time I sing along to the radio like calm down I don't blame her for getting so offended because if you remember in that episode, she seems, she gets very upset very suddenly. She seems very, very disdainful toward them. She cries about it. I mean, she was just so fed up with label notes at that point. 
Then she goes into the studio with Nick. He helps produce her vocals. And oh, I love when they work together. He seems so into it. Like he seems genuinely invested in helping her give a good vocal performance that will not just satisfy the label, but will also satisfy her. And I think the final product is really, really good. I love her little sigh at the beginning. I love, I do think the lyrics work really well. My favorite one is all day I think of schemes to get you next to me. I've done that so many times. Like I, especially when I was like younger and I had crushes on boys in school, like I wasn't having sex, but like, you know, all day I think of schemes to get you next to me. Oh my God. I used to, any way I possibly could find a way to like casually involve myself in a conversation with a cute guy or like try to come up with scenarios where I would have to like walk by them so I could say hi or I could see if they would say hi to me like I just find that lyric so relatable and of course the song is written by the great Diane Warren if you don't know who she is google her you'll immediately recognize about a hundred songs that she's written this song's highest peak position was at number 37 And I would say I don't think it should have been the first single. I think, of course, With You should have been the first single. I mean, come on. That just has first single written all over its face. But I really think that the label was gunning for, as I said, a closing thought to this whole story. But I also think it would have made more sense if this song came out before she married Nick because... It came out almost a full year after she married him. So it was like, why are we still singing about fantasizing about sleeping with him? Not that I think that she should have done this like song that was more sexual and was like, hey, now I have sex all the time or anything like that. But I don't know. It just kind of seemed like my whole thing was always like, well, why is it a sin if they're, you know, if they're married? Like it's if she's fantasizing about having sex with her husband, it's not going to be a sin, you know, not that I think that having sex at all at any time is a sin. But I'm just saying, like, according to certain religious practices and stuff, having sex outside of marriage is a sin, but that's not what she's doing. So I don't know. I kind of think that the song would have worked better if she had released it as like, I don't know, maybe a promotional single right before she got married. That could have been cool. Jessica did an interview with Cosmopol magazine and she said I used my husband as inspiration for the love songs on my new album and the track sweetest sin is basically about Nick and me making love she revealed about their honeymoon we boated to our own island every day where we had the beach to ourselves we ran around naked and I got a tan in places the sun's never seen before okay all right Jessica that sounds really fun where did they go by the way I don't remember that and I'm surprised the paparazzi didn't get to them she told Billboard that Sweetest Sin truly represents my album nothing negative it's all about love I wouldn't really say that Sweetest Sin represents her album that well like I said I don't think that it should have been a single I think With You should have been the first single I mean, maybe like, no, I don't want to say that it shouldn't have been a single at all, but like, I feel like Sweetest Sin has such like third single vibes. Although, I don't know, releasing it third probably would have been like, who cares at that point? It just wasn't the best choice, in my opinion, to represent what in the skin really is. In July of 2003, she talked about the song with Damien Fahey on TRL, and she said, well, you know, it's about lovemaking, actually. It's the new Jessica because I'm married now and I'm allowed to be sensual and I mean, you know, but I still want to have that like all American thing that every girl wants to be my best friend. 
that's who I am. But with my new recording, everything is a little bit more sensual and beautiful and romantic. I'm a woman now. And I agree, this is a very sensual song. It's not overtly sexual, but it does have that sensuality. And the video, obviously, is very, very, very sensual. And also, again, not overtly sexual. Like, it's more dreamy. You know, you can tell she's fantasizing about this man. The concept of this video is basically every girl's fantasy. From being completely madly in love, you know, frolicking around with the man of your dreams, being in waterfalls and um, just the whole like seductive part of a woman's fantasy. You know, really hot, amazing guy in like great jeans with no shirt on because I think that's the sexiest thing that a guy can wear. Of course, we've all seen one of my favorite episodes of Newlyweds, possibly, actually I think it's my favorite episode, the video shoot where we see the making of Sweetest Sin and we see the making of Nick's video as well and his sucks and Jessica's is awesome and Jessica's video kind of pushes him to redo his own video because he sees like compared to hers, his looks like trash and so he redoes it and it's still, you know... It's still not great, but tune into the video shoot episode for my full thoughts on that. Jessica did a bunch of performances to promote this, including on Good Morning America, Craig Kilborn. They did, Nick and Jessica did an interview on the day that Newlyweds was released on the Craig Kilborn show. They also did, I mean, God, they did so many things they had like a screening of newlyweds at planet hollywood jessica did an album signing at virgin megastore they were just all over the place at this time and it only went up from there she also performed this song on the miss teen usa pageant in this coral halter gown and her skin is so tan and dewy and beautiful and her hair is slicked back it's i think it's my favorite performance of this song she really sounds wonderful she seems so into the song she's giving it like she is giving everything honey she is killing it in this performance it's on youtube if you haven't seen it i don't know how appropriate this song was for the miss teen usa pageant but either way whatever she killed the performance she looked unbelievable it's a shame this song wasn't a bigger hit but you know what we were on our way to a huge hit with one of jessica's best songs arguably her best song ever with you Now, this was released as a single on November 3rd, 2003, and it was huge. We all remember it. The song was everywhere. It hit number one on the U.S. mainstream top 40 billboard. On the Hot 100, it peaked at number 14. And of course, we all remember the iconic music video. Now, even though I do wish this was her first single, if it was, we wouldn't have gotten this music video that celebrated all of these really funny moments from the show. And I think this was like the perfect pairing of Newlyweds and Jessica's music. You know, it was fun, but it was also a genuinely good song. It wasn't just like some gimmick for her to be standing there, you know, eating buffalo wings. It was actually really endearing and cute. And I love the shots of her lying on all of the clothes on her floor because... (laughs) She looks so cute and beautiful and she's just like, um, this is me. I'm messy. Like, fuck it. I actually have a spare room that is a complete freaking mess and actually looks a lot like the rooms that they show on newlyweds. And it's because I don't have a lot of time to like organize 
and clean so I'll just throw everything into that room and right now there's a ton of clothes on the floor and then every once in a while when I do have a few hours free or a day off and I have the energy I'll clean the whole thing and organize it and put all my clothes away and da 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 but like it's just so relatable right like the those moments when you just can't that's her you know that's Jessica like miss queen of relatability so Jessica said I'm so proud of my second single because this is the first song that I've written that's on the radio it's cool for me just because it's my personality Nick loves me with nothing but a t-shirt on so that's where the song idea came from the best part of this year was that I had success just being myself and I think that's the best kind of success. I didn't have to try to be someone I wasn't to try to have an image, do the whole teen pop thing I was always trying to fit into. The show just showed my personality and let me fit in where I am supposed to and that's just middle America. And I love that. She's putting herself on the level of any other girl in Oklahoma or Texas. It just happens to be that she's extremely talented and gorgeous, you know? <laughs> so maybe not exactly the same, but it doesn't feel like Jessica doesn't feel like a celebrity who's so far away from us. Like she's not this celebrity with all this mystique and in some ways that kind of mystique and stuff is good. Like I miss that version of celebrity, but I also love feeling like Jessica's like a friend of mine or something. I know that's weird. Jessica, please don't get a restraining order against me. But it, it feels, it doesn't feel like she's so far away from me or anything. It doesn't feel like we couldn't relate to each other. It doesn't feel like if I met her, she'd be a stuck up, snooty, you know, rich celebrity. It feels like she would just put her arm around me and and, and actually, when I met her, she was insanely sweet and told me I was beautiful and, you know, was just so lovely. So, you know, she doesn't just talk the talk. She walks the walk. Cosmo Girl Magazine asked Jessica to describe her image at this time. And she said that she was trying to totally delete the whole image thing. She said, I think it's ridiculous that a pop star has to have a belly ring, show the belly, and it's not even about if the top is cute. It's just refreshing to watch, let's say, a movie star just wear a really great outfit that's not leather with chains hanging off of it. So basically she's saying like, look, it doesn't have to be a big, huge production and this ridiculous show all the time. You know what I mean? Jessica's kind of like the opposite of Lady Gaga, like where Lady Gaga loves full theatricality and giving you the Broadway experience or the drag experience every time, darling. Jessica's like, I want to wear my Levi's and just sit with a mic on stage and sing. And that's fine. Both are valid. Both ways of presenting pop music are valid. And I'm a huge, huge fan of both of them. There's room for everybody. She also said that because of the Irresistible Era, she learned to trust her own opinions because the label was telling her to say, this is the new me, I've never been so happy, but she was actually completely miserable and she was a robot trying to do everything that everybody was telling her to do, trying to please everybody, and in the end, it didn't work out anyway. So she said, it's hard because you have people saying that they want it this way and there are so many people to please and so many people that you have to like kiss the ground they walk on. There's so much politics in the music industry that you lose sight of the music. What I learned most from that record is that it should be about the music, not the image. She did an interview with Season Magazine where she said being in charge of your creative destiny is beautiful for any artist. They described In the Skin as a transition from a hopeful romantic to a woman who has come into her own. It says the CD takes listeners on Jessica's expressive journey of growth with a message of faith, love, and romance. She says that her single Sweetest Sin about the intimacies of matrimony was one of the most natural things she's done. 
You'll definitely know I'm a woman after hearing this song, she notes. I've wanted artistic control for a long time, but in the past, I wasn't able to get it. Being in charge of your creative destiny is beautiful for any artist, especially someone like me who wants to sing about positive things and inspire others. This time, I really wanted to make an album that was real and organic and that you could listen to all the way through and maybe be inspired to fall in love or follow your dreams. With You is truly one of my all-time favorite songs. Not favorite Jessica songs, not favorite pop songs. It's one of my all-time favorite songs. I really do think it's up there with some of the best love songs ever created. And I think a lot of people, when they think of the most romantic song ever or the best love song or the best wedding song or something like that, you don't think of With You because people usually think of more slow, dramatic songs like I Will Always Love You or something like that. And of course, there's a massive, massive place for those songs. But I love so much when there's a love song that's upbeat because yes, of course, when you're in love, you have those moments where you want to be really serious and you're like, I deeply love you and you've changed my soul and you've changed my heart and you've made me a better person and all that stuff. But I think more often when you're in love, you want to just sing it from the rooftops gleefully and you just act like an idiot. You're just like giggling. You're so happy. You're just feel so comfortable and that's what I love about this song because getting a little personal when I fell in love I fell in love so hard and so madly madly in love like soulmate level kind of stuff and I remember the thing that struck me the most was not like how much I loved him or anything like that I mean yes like I loved him more than I could have imagined I love somebody but it was how comfortable I was with him like intimacy I don't know if I would say I had intimacy issues but I just there were certain things about a relationship that before I had one I I didn't have a relationship at all in my teen years I was kind of like a late bloomer with boyfriends and stuff so there was a lot of stuff about relationships that I was just kind of like I don't know I'm so independent I'm an only child I'm an Aries like I can I can be kind of a loner sometimes like I'm I'm not one of those people that has a million friends like there's some stuff about relationships and intimacy that honestly before I met this person I was like I was like I don't know I don't know how comfortable I'll feel with this or that and with him I mean it was so weird like I just felt like it, it was like this person was just part of me like I'm as comfortable in front of him as I am alone in fact I'm like more comfortable with him than I am alone like I would feel more like myself sometimes because I think when you're really in love and you find that really special romantic partner it's like you feel very seen and you know I know that a lot of people don't say don't like to say your other half because you know that implies that you're not whole by yourself but I I think that saying exists because it's like sometimes you really do have that deep connection where it does feel kind of like they're your other half because it just feels like part of them is an extension of you not that they don't have their own identity but you just feel so it just clicks so well that was a really long-winded way of saying that this song really captures that i love the story of this song this song is such clear precise perfect storytelling so i'm gonna go through some of the lyrics with you guys because this song just means the world to me and i'm sure a lot of you guys agree so the story of this song it goes back to everything that i've been talking about right because she starts by saying the iconic lyric, the real me is a Southern girl with her Levi's on and an open heart. And she's talking about who she really is. You know what I mean? Like, this is who I really am. But I lost sight of that. And now that I'm with you, 
I feel like myself again. Like you helped me bring it all back to my real self, the true authentic me. By meeting you, I didn't feel like, oh my goodness, I have to try to be this for this guy or that for this guy or I have to try to be super hot or, you know, I have to try to like the things that he likes or whatever. No, that's not how I feel about you. I feel like I was kind of lost and I didn't know myself like I used to. And meeting you, instead of bringing out something fake, it brought out the real me back. And that's who you love. I took a chance being the real me and my real self And that's the person that you love. You don't love the irresistible Jessica in the tight leather pants. I mean, I'm sure Nick enjoyed that. We all did. Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) Nobody looked at that and was in a bad mood. You know, of course, of course, she looked so good and everything. But that's he doesn't care about that. She could never wear sexy stuff like that again. He wouldn't care because he loves the real her. And of course, I'm speaking from the perspective of Jessica at this time. I know that their relationship ended up deteriorating and we know a lot of things that Nick did and said and made Jessica feel uncomfortable and a lot of the times, you know, maybe she didn't feel the way that she described in this song. But it's clear in the moment that this is how she felt and it's also clear that this is how she feels with her current husband and her forever husband, hopefully, Eric Johnson. So, ugh, I just, I love the lyrics so much. I also love the the rhythm of the song. I love how she says, I start thinking about it. I almost forgot what it was like to know what it feels like. And in the second verse, she says, to know what love feels like. But I actually like uh, the ambiguity of to know what it feels like. Because I think that she can be talking about a lot of different aspects of life. Like, to know what love feels like, right. Yes, it's that. But to know what it feels like, like to know what life feels like when life, when everything in your life is aligned and everything is working and you have a level of comfort, not just in your personal life with your spouse, but in your job, with your friends, with your family. It's so rare that we all feel that way with every single thing that goes on in our life. Like a lot of the time there's something out of whack. There's something awry. You know, not every aspect of life is perfectly aligned all the time. But every once in a while, we get lucky and we have these moments in life that are just so right on the money. And you're like, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is so meant to be. I'm realizing it. I'm looking around me and I'm seeing that everything in my life had to happen a certain way in order for me to end up where I am today. Every mistake I made, everything that happened that I thought was the end of the world, that I thought was a failure, that other person that I dated that rejected me and I thought that I would never love again, that job that I lost that I thought my career was over, that person who betrayed me, that friend who left me, all of it needed to happen for me to end up here and maybe I'm getting too deep (laughs) into this like pop song but I don't care because pop music is one of the things that I kind of use as a mirror to my life you know and it helps me kind of process my own life all of these songs and I just feel like so many things had to align for just this part of Jessica's life to happen the right way especially because a lot of people would have written her off after um not having as much success as the other girls or, you know, iris- what what happened with Irresistible and stuff, you just wouldn't have predicted really in 2002 or even like early 2003. You never would have predicted that she would have this smash hit that was a bigger song than anything she'd ever done before. That she wrote such a major thing, such an important thing to keep coming back to. She wrote this song and you can so tell that she wrote this song. This isn't one of those songs. You know how certain artists say that they write songs and you're like, mm. and because then you look at the producers and the writers and the song sounds like very, very much like other songs by those producers and writers. And you're like, mm. 
that's not like that's not this this is so jessica i think we all know that it really is the best feeling when you meet someone like this and you know what you know what i love about this song this song is the perfect example of something i have said so many times i'm always telling people this because i feel like people don't really realize it but the best love songs are songs that can easily double as best friend songs so if you listen to with you or you read the lyrics like yes obviously she's talking about a romantic relationship and we know that because of nick and blah 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 but basically she doesn't she doesn't say anything in here that you couldn't say about your best friend who isn't your lover you know what i mean like with you i can let my hair down i can say anything crazy i know you'll catch me right before i hit the ground like there are several of my girlfriends that i feel that way you know about and um I just think this song has so many different levels of greatness. I think the production is flawless. And I really think that Jessica has another big hit like this in her, especially if she wrote this about Nick and we all know how that relationship turned out. And it's now it's like now she's so inspired by her relationship with Eric. And she's talked about before how heavily her relationships tied into her albums. But now she's saying like Eric is the best one out of them all and the deepest relationship and this soulmate relationship. So I would absolutely love to to have another song by her that is this deep, romantic, amazing love song, but also is a hit like a radio hit. You know, I just feel like she really excels in this area. And it's crazy because if you listen to all of her singles in a row, there's so many different sounds there. Like, yes, it's all pop. I mean, yeah, she starts to move more toward country, but it's all pop, but she just reaches so many different places, I feel like. But I think that this song, I think that with you, as much as she is like a ballad girl, this is the real like Jessica to me. Not that I Want to Love You Forever isn't as much the real Jessica, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, she's multi-talented. She can do so many different types of music. But this song, to me, just shows her talents so well. I also love the production of the song. I love the studio version, but I also love when she performs it acoustically. We get an acoustic version on the reissue. But I also love how some of the live performances that she did, there would be bongos. It would be a different kind of sound. She was performing it so much that... She really changed it up from performance to performance. With You, I think Jessica performed on every show in existence. I mean, you name it, she was on it, whether it was Jay Leno, The Today Show, The Early Show, Top of the Pops, Much Music, Last Call with Carson Daly, Good Morning America, TRL. I mean, the list goes on and on. And she had her first and only VMA performance, actually, of this song. It was With You slash Angels, which we'll talk about Angels in a minute. And her, this was actually iconic because Mary-Kate and Ashley introduced her at the VMAs. This is 18-year-old, 2004, New York Minute, NYU Mary-Kate and Ashley, okay? So can we just talk about it? I just, I, I can't. Um... Honestly, I feel like Mary-Kate stole Jessica's thunder a little bit because Mary-Kate acknowledged the fact that she had gone to a facility in Utah because she had an eating disorder. Before we get started with this introduction, I'd just like to say thank you to everyone who's been very supportive of me over the past couple months. Thank you. We're here to introduce a woman who's become a multimedia sensation and an inspiration to all the newlyweds and neverweds everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, Jessica Simpson. So Jessica descends from the ceiling in this circular seat suspended in the air it's very wedding like you can tell it's very newlyweds it's all like white roses and drapery and 
This performance of With You isn't my favorite and I do feel the need to mention this here because I don't want to be negative but I really don't like the way that Jessica performed this song during this era that much. Um, she didn't do it on every single performance but on the majority of them she has this weird affectation to her voice that's not on the album. Like I love the album version of With You. I even like the acoustic version that's on her album. But in certain performances of this song, she sings in this way that just totally doesn't sound like herself. In some ways, it's a baby voice. Like, in some ways, I feel like she was trying to copy Britney. Like, maybe they were still telling her to copy Britney because it's not her natural voice. Like, she is doing it on purpose for some certain reason. Whether it was an artistic choice and she thought it actually sounded really good um, or... Maybe she was trying to sound a certain way because the label wanted her to sound that way. Or maybe she was inspired by another artist. I don't know. But it does really bother me in a lot of these performances. I never felt so beautiful. Maybe now. now that I'm with you. So after she sings a shortened version of With You, she gets on the stage and then she sings Angels and I just think it's so like Jessica to sing a song like Angels at the VMAs which is usually so debaucherous and it's about shocking water cooler moments like Britney with the snake and it's like Jessica doesn't need to do all that she's just like I want to sing about Jesus you know what I mean and I love that about her and look I'm not dissing Britney trust me like Britney's VMA performances are the reason why I have the will to live like I love her and I love them but my point is like there's room for everybody right like what I just said about Gaga like there's room at the VMAs for Britney with the snake or the striptease or, or kissing Madonna and there's also room for Jessica to be belting out you know about her faith and I absolutely love that and I, the, what I love about this performance, first of all, is that the audience seems to be loving it so much. Like, they are loving her. And I'm so happy for Jessica because you could tell that she's just feeding off of that positive energy. You even see Beyonce jamming along to it, which we all know Jessica and Beyonce have been friends forever. So I just thought that was really cute, too, because they really knew each other, like, right, right, right before their careers took off. And I just love that. I wonder if they ever still talk or whatever. I think my favorite performance of With You is the American Music Awards performance because this is the performance that truly embodies Jessica the most. I think she still does a little bit of the baby voice, the affectations, but not anywhere near as much as she does in some other performances of it, which like, again, I love Jessica. I don't mean to be negative or diss her, but like, in some of the performances, she does it so overtly and so much. It's almost like a parody of herself. Like, it's almost as if there was an SNL sketch making fun of her. Like, that's how she's singing it in a really, really, really strange way. And in this AMA performance, she's just sitting on the edge of the stage and singing. It's an acoustic performance. And she sounds unbelievable when she does the big note at the end. I think that I love the way that she does it 
at that moment more than any other performance. It's just awesome and I'm so happy that she killed it in the way that she did. I have to say I really think that this song should have been nominated for a Grammy. I mean, I think she deserves multiple Grammys, but I think that it's really kind of a glaring, obvious omission that they didn't nominate I Want to Love You Forever and they didn't nominate this either. With You is like the perfect Grammy song, like that breakout smash from an artist that you've heard other songs from before, but this is really their big song. I don't know. It just, it would have made such perfect sense for her to at least get a nomination and it really bums me out that she's never gotten one because she's never been taken seriously in the way that she has deserved to and unfortunately newlyweds kind of cemented that it was like okay yes she's a superstar we're letting her be a superstar but we're not gonna let her be a legitimate serious artist and you know what fuck them with you received overwhelmingly positive reviews i enjoy this little excerpt from billboard magazine after the reissue chuck taylor said while pop stars used to cross into pop culture these days it's often the other way around Radio all but ignored Jessica Simpson's previous winning Sweetest Sin, but it appears PDs are getting with the program for follow-up with you. Now that the blonde bombshell has catapulted to reality TV fame with MTV's smash newlyweds Nick and Jessica. With You is certainly a hit-worthy candidate co-written by Simpson and addressing the security that comes with finding the one. Producers Billy Mann and Andy Marvel add a hint of funk to the mix, giving the track enough hip appeal to make the grade at today's top 40. Rolling Stone poster girl Simpson is playing it savvy by laughing with her spoiled princess persona, but let's just hope it translates back to the real cause here, the music, instead of making her a one-season punchline. Now, of course we know. Oh boy, did it translate. It translated across so many different fields, and what's great about this podcast is we're going to get into it all, you know. We're moving into season 2.5 of Newlyweds now. We're going to do, of course, her movie career. We're going to do more episodes on fashion. We're going to do their Nick and Jessica variety show. We're going to get into fashion star and price of beauty and all of the other things that she's done. I mean, I mean, this was really just the beginning for Jess. It's kind of like her first two albums and eras were the opening act. I mean, it's an opening act we love because we're stands, but not everybody would have been able to sustain what Jessica has. I think that that's really important to note. Okay, so here's where I know you stands are going to attack me. We're getting into the third single, which is Take My Breath Away, which is inexplicably Take My Breath Away. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I don't like the song, but you have an album full of great songs, okay? Even the, f the filler, so to speak, on In This Skin is not anywhere near as bad as the filler on some other albums, right? Like, even when In This Skin has its low points, even when it has some lyrics that are a little bit more, I don't know, mundane or pedestrian, even when it has some beats or some instrumentation that sounds like other stuff out there even when it doesn't have its great moments it's still nowhere near the low points that a lot of pop albums from this time had right you have some great great songs on this album that would be such good singles and you're telling me that instead you have Jessica record a cover of a song that honestly isn't that good to begin with. I'm sorry. 
I never listened to the original. I listened to Jessica's because it's on this album and I love Jessica and I enjoy her voice and I think her version is better than the original. But I just don't understand the choice. I just don't. I mean, you're telling me that B wouldn't have been a perfect single, especially with all of this newlyweds press. Like, come on. She's literally envisioning and like manifesting her life with Nick in that song. Like, it's such a beautiful song. That song has always captured me. Even when this album came out when I was a kid, I I just, like, would listen to that and fantasize myself, you know? It's just a beautiful song, and it would have gone so well with the whole Newlyweds thing. I Think I Have Loved You is a beautiful song. That would have been a fantastic single. Forbidden Fruit, I'm not as big of a fan of as a lot of you guys are. I think it's okay, but I think like it was probably made to be a single. Like I'm really surprised that they didn't release that as a single, especially because it's kind of like a part two to Sweetest Sin. I mean, maybe that's why they didn't because Sweetest Sin didn't do well. Obviously, I think In This Skin, the title track could have been a single. I could make a case for Underneath as a single as well as the big ballad single. And My Way Home and Everyday See You, I feel like are kind of like the black sheeps of the album. Like, I feel like a lot of you guys aren't crazy about those songs. I am. I love those two songs. I think Everyday See You especially is really underrated. Do I think it would have made a great single? Maybe not. Like, it wouldn't be amazing for radio play. But Take My Breath Away, an 80s cover was not. You know what I mean? That wasn't, that wasn't like recorded with the idea that it was going to be this massive smash radio single so why not release literally any of these other songs why not release a song that jessica wrote like this era is all about her being herself why why are you releasing a cover i don't understand it will bother me forever i really don't get it i mean i embrace it because it's Jessica, and it's not a bad song. It's not a bad cover, but it just really, 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 really disappoints me that they released this instead of any of these other songs that would have been remarkable. And we all know the story behind this, right? I fell in love with the idea of somebody actually taking your breath away. And I knew that when somebody actually did that for me, that would be the man I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. I can't believe it. Somebody just took my breath away. Like, I almost passed out when when Nick hugged me for the first time. So um, that's why that song has a lot of special meaning. You know, it was always kind of our song there. In Newlyweds, we see the episode The Duet, where Jessica is looking for songs that she can sing with Nick for a duets album that never ended up coming to fruition. And I think a big part of the reason why it never happened is because of the dispute over this song. So Nick was originally supposed to be on this song with her, and there is a recorded version with both of them on it. Now, I spoke a lot about on the duet episode, and I think I've spoken about it on other episodes too, like why was Nick removed? I mean, obviously, I'm not a huge Nick fan. I prefer the Jessica-only version. And also, when they performed it on Oprah, he had a really bad performance. Like, have you guys seen that Oprah performance? He sounds really bad. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of Nick, I'm the first one to admit he has a really nice voice. I mean, it's very rare that he would give a bad vocal performance. I don't think he has that much charisma or, like, stage presence. But as far as vocals, I mean, I don't know what happened that day. I thought maybe that was part of the reason why he was taken off the single, but apparently that wasn't it. When I did it, um, the episode with Amanda that I did, she was talking about how maybe it was a money thing because Nick 
kind of mentioned that in one of the newlyweds episodes and actually I did some digging and Jessica was asked about that by Us Weekly and she said it's political. We recorded two versions, one of just me and one of me and Nick. It didn't work out, but when the time's right, we'll do it. So with Nick there, she said it was political, but then she did another interview with a station in San Diego and she said that they recorded it without getting full permission and confirmation from Nick's record label that he was allowed to do it because when you are signed to a record contract, you are not allowed to do anything that is outside of your record label unless your record label approves it. So it's kind of like being a union actor versus a non-union actor. Like once you're in the union, you cannot do non-union work. You have to be exclusive to your contract. So the fact that they recorded this without permission, I think is hilarious, but they maybe were just like, hey, of course they're going to give me permission for it. Like why wouldn't they? Jessica's not only his wife, but the hottest thing on the planet at that time, what record label wouldn't want that promotion for their artist? I'm guessing that that's what they were thinking when they decided to record it without permission. So she said that the record labels just didn't agree. Nick did say in the episode, he says something like, I want to do it, but I don't want to do it for what they're talking about. I think that Jessica's label probably offered Nick and his label a certain figure like you'll get this percentage of the sales and they didn't like that it wasn't enough and so they took him off of it which is ridiculous he should have done that for free like just for the promotion alone like it literally doesn't matter you don't need to get any kind of percentage of the sales you are getting the exposure I mean trust me I'm the first one who says no you need to pay people you know you're it's not just promotion it's not just exposure you need to pay people but like at that time Nick was really struggling to have any kind of audience for his music and I just think like whatever amount of money they were offering it couldn't have been that bad and even if it was like do it as a fun project with your wife you're also going to get tons of free promo and like I'm really glad that it worked out the way that it did because he wasn't just like on every show with her whereas if he had recorded it or it, well, they did record it, but if they had released the duet, they would have been on every show together doing it. And instead, she was able to establish herself more as Jessica Simpson, the singer, the artist, not just one half of Newlyweds or the dumb girl from the reality show. You know what I mean? So I think ultimately it was for the best, even though I would have loved to see them do another duet because I love Where You Are so much. This song to me isn't that remarkable anyway, so I don't think it was any big loss for them not to have this as a romantic duet. Now, even though I'm not crazy about the fact that this was a single, I love anything that Jessica's passionate about, and she's very passionate about this song. She said that it was her favorite song. She told MTV News, it was always my romantic song. It was playing during the very first love scene I ever saw in a movie. I crushed on Tom Cruise forever. And I've always, always told all of my friends when I hear that song, there's something so special about it that I will not be in love until a man takes my breath away. Of course, she's talking about Top Gun. She said, the first time Nick hugged me, I had to back up against the wall. It sounds corny, but it literally took the breath out of me. I would break out in hives, be all nervous because he completely consumed every inch of me. She said that she waited to let Nick kiss her for the first five dates because she wanted to be something that he would remember. She didn't want, you know, it to be just kind of like a one and done encounter, which like obviously she was never going to like sleep with him right away. But I think even just with kissing, she was like, 
he has to earn this. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to be real and true. And so she eventually took control and she says, when we were in the car, it was pouring down rain and I just went in for the kiss. And in the middle of it, I stopped the whole kiss and put on take my breath away because he was the guy who took my breath away. I wanted that moment to be that romantic scene and it was. So originally they were supposed to do a video together for this song and Jessica said, Nick is not going to be Tom Cruise. We're not going to take it to that level kind of cheese. I'm definitely doing a lot of stuff with troops, but it's more about the men and women in uniform. So I guess maybe they were thinking about doing like a Top Gun. Like she's saying, oh, he's not going to be in a uniform like Tom Cruise, but also talking about the troops. So maybe they were going to include the troops in some way because, of course, we know how involved Jessica is with the USO. So... I don't know what that would have been. The actual music video for this is pretty beautiful. It's just Jessica out in the desert, you know, looking beautiful, driving a car. Again, it's nothing remarkable. I just cannot fathom why at the height of her fame, at the height of her success, they didn't take the opportunity to promote her as an artist and a musician as a song that she wrote. Like, not that her doing take my breath away means that she's not an artist or a musician but it's it's just a cover like why not promote something that she wrote there's so many more good songs I don't understand this but you know what at the end of the day it seemed to make Jessica happy this doesn't seem like something the label pushed on her it seems like she wanted to release this and I find it so random and I don't really agree but if she was happy I'm happy and once again she performed this everywhere like Leno, Letterman, Ryan Seacrest, um, Ellen, MTV Spring Break. I mean, there's a billion performances of it online if you want to check that out. The fourth and inexplicably final single from this album is Angels. Now, I say inexplicably because I just really, really, really feel like Jessica should have released more singles off of the album. But something interesting about this song that I never knew, because I'm so bad with UK pop stars, you guys, I feel like there's this whole other world of pop music that I am not clued in on. And every once in a while, someone will bring something up as if it's obvious. And I'm just like, what? So feel free to check me and tell me which UK pop stars to listen to. But I had never heard any version of this song except for Jessica's. In fact, I'm not even sure I knew. I don't think at the time I knew this was a cover. I think I thought this was Jessica's song. And... I think that the reason why is because it suits her so well, right? She's been so upfront and honest from day one about her religious beliefs and her relationship with God. And so it seems very clear what and who she's singing about in this song, right? But then I listened to Robbie Williams' version, and I assume that Robbie was also singing to he, as in God, our Heavenly Father, but he actually sings the word she. So through it all, she offers me protection when I come to call, she won't forsake me. And who knows, maybe he is singing about God and he's saying God is a woman, which, girl, I love that idea. But I don't know, me personally, I feel like God is a genderless, magical being. Like, I don't feel like God is a man or a woman or whatever. But anyway, we don't need to get into my spiritual beliefs. But I just always assumed that it was written as a song to God, and it wasn't. Jessica changed it from she to he. Now, many people do that when they cover songs, right? Like if you are a straight woman and you're covering a straight man's song and the man is saying, I love her, usually a straight woman covering it will change it to I love him. That's very common. So Jessica also could have been singing about Nick, but I don't think that. 
I think maybe because we are so clued into her personal religious beliefs, our mind automatically goes to God when we hear this song because, of course, she's singing about angels and things like that. And she's talking about this unconditional love that many people honestly don't really feel like they find in another human being. A lot of people rely on their faith because they do believe that relationship with God is so unconditional, right? So that's what it always sounded like to me, but Robbie Williams didn't really write it from that perspective. So Jessica made that choice, and I do think that she's singing about her religion and about God and not about Nick because she never talks about Nick when she talks about this song. She always talks about him when she promotes Take My Breath Away or With You or Sweetest Sin, but not this one. So I kind of think it's cool how she took this song and just tweaked it a little bit and really, really made it her own. Now, I like this cover better than Take My Breath Away. That song, like how much people love that song, that's never resonated with me as much. Uh, I think this is a beautiful song and I love it because, of course, it's true to Jessica and her religion and her convictions. It's another message that, that I love and I sing it from um, a spiritual view and kind of just a way to communicate with God and um, just through the lyrics there's a lot of there's a lot of comfort and you can tell that when when they wrote it there was a lot of pain involved and a lot of angels you know asking angels just to come and and comfort and lift you up and over the cares of the world so um, I really enjoyed the message behind it and I enjoyed the lyric and the melody and it's just one of those classic songs I do think it's just a flat out better song than Take My Breath Away. Like take all the meaning out of it if you just listen to the music. I think this song is just a better overall song. And I think Jessica's performance of it is better. I think she's more passionate about this song. I think the whole Take My Breath Away thing was just really weird and random. Like especially because she's telling this story about her and Nick. But Nick was taken off of it. So it's kind of like okay whereas I feel like this makes a little bit more sense but still it it doesn't make sense to me like it I don't understand it I do not understand releasing two covers that were not even on the original album it would be different if the album sucked right if they were like let's just forget about this you know what I mean like let's just pretend this didn't happen but even then she's at the height of her fame if you want to add new songs to the reissue why not get her in the studio with Bigger producers, better writers, like if you didn't like what the album had to offer, this was the time that she really could get in the studio with, I don't want to say whoever she wanted, but she probably had much more choices when it came to writers and producers and studio time after Newlyweds exploded, so... Even though I I love the song, I just, it makes me so mad. Like, justice for all the other songs on In This Skin. And if you're gonna do two covers and release them as singles, then you need to release a fifth single that's your song. Like, this is such a good album. And this era lasted so long because it went all the way through, like, Dukes of Hazard. It went through her releasing her collection. It went through her divorce. Like this era, if you want to say the public affair era started like 
spring summer 2006 this era is like almost three years why did they just drop all of these great songs and do two covers and then nothing else like I just will never understand it and you know I hope everyone I hope you guys get that my frustration in this is only because I think the album is so good it's not because I don't like the covers it would be like if you had a fridge full of like the most gourmet meals on earth and then you were like eh, I'm gonna go get some takeout from that restaurant restaurant that's pretty good you know what I mean it's like why like this is going to waste you already have all of this here like what are you doing I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it but Angels is a beautiful song and I love her cover of it she did a absolutely phenomenal job with the vocals it does give me chills sometimes when she performs it she also performed this on many shows including Divas Live and Unfortunately, it failed to chart on the Hot 100. It was a moderate success on the Top 40 Mainstream and Hot Digital Tracks charts. And on Wikipedia, it says that Jessica and Joe hoped this, would, this song would lead to her first Grammy nomination. So maybe that was it. Like, maybe there was some bizarre idea that if she recorded a cover of a song that she could really belt on she would get a Grammy nomination and she wouldn't get a Grammy nomination for releasing one of her own singles. I don't know, but like that doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, I don't know. Is her vocal performance so much better on Angels than it is on, say, like underneath? I mean, maybe like I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I mean, it's once again, like it sucks that she wasn't taken seriously enough to be nominated for a Grammy, but like this isn't even the one that I would have nominated for a Grammy. Like I think With You is the one that makes more sense as a Grammy nominated single. I liked what Sputnik Music had to say about this, which they said, this is a likable track with Simpsons vocals imposing her own character on the song. And the fact that it wasn't written by her or anyone she's ever sung with has no bearing on its assessment. And I agree with that because this song, like, you know, it was pretty recent. Robbie Williams is a pretty big star. This song had a lot of reach around the world before Jessica recorded it. So it really, like, it wasn't the most obvious choice for a cover. I feel like um, covers usually, it's like you're bringing back a song that hasn't been done in a really long time or um, you are doing a more contemporary song but you're doing a totally different version of it and this was really neither of those things but Jessica still managed to put her own stamp on it and even though I would have preferred that she released one of her own songs as a single I still think that this is a wonderful song and a great performance from her. So those were the four singles off of In The Skin. Each of them tell a different story. Each of them share a little bit more with us about Jessica. Even though I made it clear that I would have done things differently, I still think that these are four really special songs. And I'm so excited to get into the rest of the track listing, but I am going to save that for part two. What I want to leave you guys with in this episode is just the message that Jessica was going for that I think that she wants all of us to know which is that you're beautiful the way you are you do not have to change anything if no one's told you today you're perfect the way you were made you're here for a reason you were made for a reason you belong here there's a place for you in the world and you're beautiful in the skin you're in you don't have to conform to anything that society tells you to do you don't have to do what will make your parents happy. You don't have to do what will make your spouse happy. You don't have to sacrifice everything 
for another person or for someone who's supposedly smarter or older or more experienced than you are. You don't have to have your irresistible era. You can go right into your in the skin era. You can just be who you are. And if you want other people to accept you for who you are, please make sure that you accept yourself. And if you don't accept yourself and you're having insecurity issues or something else is stopping you from having your in the skin moment, honey, that's okay too. That's okay. We all go through things. I am a pretty confident person and sometimes I just crash. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) I mean, we all have those moments. So if you are having a rough time, say to yourself, I'm having a tough time right now and that's okay. I'm insecure right now and that's okay. I'm upset about this certain thing and that's okay. That's part of life. That's part of being a human being and I will move through it and I will move out of it and I will be able to embrace myself if you have any kind of image issues, especially body. Listen to the song In The Skin. Listen to this whole album and realize how amazing it is that you're here and that you're a person on this earth and remember that you have a purpose. Not all of us are going to reach as many people as Jessica has. Not all of us are as talented, but you know what? Everybody has something special to share with the world and I truly believe that. I truly believe that outside of any kind of religious connotation or anything like that or you can take it in the religious way. Either way, it fits. You're here for a reason and you are perfect the way you are. I like you just the way you are. Your life has brought you here listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast, so you must be doing something right. And I just want to thank Miss Jessica Simpson for taking the chance and telling everyone around her, look, I just want to write my own stuff. I just want to put my heart out there. If people don't like it, if people reject me, then you know what? I'm just going to go sing in small clubs or whatever. I don't care. I don't need to be a superstar. I just want to put my music out there and put my soul out there. Jessica, we love you. It really does need to be said that Jessica's success after Newlyweds was not inevitable. She very easily could have been a flash in the pan. And she deserves so much credit, as does Joe and Tina, for maintaining the success that she's maintained and for having the career that she has today I mean how many other people that were huge during this time actually have legitimate ongoing careers right now you know what I mean like I'm not going to name names but of course there's so many people that we all talk about like we talk about on the podcast or you know that people from our age group are always remembering and talking about because you know we're all still obsessed with the early 2000s and we're obsessed with our childhoods and stuff like that but How many of those people that we talk about actually have, like, are actually killing it today? I mean, yeah, of course, people like Mariah and whatever, like, people like that that are just, like, so iconic and so deeply talented. Yes, they're still doing very well. But there's a lot of people that we all talk about and we say, oh, my God, they were so iconic and whatever, and they're not around today. And Jessica is. And she deserves it. And that's where I'm going to end it today. That concludes part one of the retrospective on Jessica's In This Skin. Make sure you tune into part two because I am going to have two incredible guests on and we are going to discuss every song on the album track by track. I cannot wait to talk to them about all of these songs. We're also going to talk about the reality tour and so much more. So thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate your patience with me getting this episode out. I have to be honest, I do not think it's realistic anymore for me to release an episode every Thursday and that does break my heart because I know that so many of you really do look forward to it every Thursday but with my schedule and things moving back to normal 
I have so many different things going on and it's such it's a blessing really things are going well and I'm happy about it it's it's not just like hamster wheel busyness I'm really happy with how things are going but it's just taking up so much time I literally worked on this episode you guys until I couldn't keep my eyes open multiple times like I would work into the night until I literally had nothing else in me and I'm not just saying that to make you guys like you know praise me or anything I'm I just want you to know how much I do care about this podcast because I do love it and I love Jessica and I love you guys And I'm so happy that we've been able to connect the way that we have. I want you guys to know that there will always be an episode of this podcast in the works, okay? I'm not taking an indefinite break or anything like that. Um, At least I don't see that happening right now. I am not going to stop the podcast or anything like that. I'm just really busy. So maybe at times I will be able to put out an episode once a week or so. And then other times it might not be as frequent. But I just want you guys to know there always will be an episode in the works. So I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time with part two. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ashley and Jessica cast. I'm your host, Leah Russo. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Capria Moon. That's at C-A-P-R-I-A-M-O-O-N. And follow the podcast at Ashley and Jessicast on Instagram and at Ashley Jessicast on Twitter. Please let me know your thoughts on the show. I would absolutely love to hear Ashley and Jessicast at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. See you next time. You know, if I never sell another record again, I'll be completely comfortable singing in a jazz club or just writing music or whatever it may be. I just love music and I love the art behind it and um, the way it can develop and um, I just I want to be involved with music for the rest of my life no matter what shape or form I just I love it.